0: Hi, guys. I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome to another episode of our Kardashian Voter Show, Hey, Jewel. Hi, kid. (laughs) It's the longest we've been apart in what, four days? I can't say I'm happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let me tell you guys what's going on because obviously the schedule is a little bit different this week. As you know, we didn't have a Monday episode. We took off Monday. We were traveling, but we figured, you know, let's of course keep the Kardashian episode and the Bravo episode. And so we thought we had it all figured out. We wake up at 6 a.m. before our flight. We record it, we get it done, we send it to our producer. And we're listening back to the first round on the way to the airport. And We're like, honestly, I don't know about you, in my mind, I felt like we were on such a good time because we were gonna get it up earlier than normal even though we were on vacation. Yes, am I are we on the same page thus far? Yeah,
1: I felt really overly confident about the episode. A little too confident. <laughs> so
0: we're listening on our way to the airport and we turned to each other and we were like, why are we whispering? And we realized we were recording it at like 6 a.m. And I was in a room by myself, but I think I was just concerned about my surroundings. And Isabel was sleeping next to Julie. And so we were like, we can't put this out because we sound so low energy. And I feel like it's going to sound like we're not into it, which wasn't the case at all. We just (laughs) felt like we had to be super quiet because it was 6 a.m. in a hotel room.
1: Which (laughs) I don't regret that decision. I think it's better than the alternative of like being this level at 6 o'clock in the morning in a hotel room where obviously the walls are thin. A sleeping Isabel wasn't my main concern, although I I do think in retrospect I was trying to be respectful of that situation as well. But you know what? We're here now. We figured it out. All is well.
0: All is well that ends well. But in case anybody's wondering why this episode's coming out on Friday and Bravo on Saturday instead of the normal Thursday, Friday schedule, this is why we just couldn't, you know how we are. Like we just could not put out something that it sounded, can I tell you why it was upsetting to me? (laughs) Not that this matters, but quickly.
1: Was it because I listened to it first and didn't realize? (laughs)
0: No, no, no. I'm saying because I felt like we sounded lazy and that's not something I'm okay with because that really wasn't the case. You know, if anything, I felt like we were hyped to do it.
1: No, totally. Like when I listened back, I was like, wow, we sound so much more miserable than we actually were in the moment because it was funny because when we woke up, I know this is like sort of a long winded explanation of what happened, but when we woke up at like six o'clock in the morning, I was like, wow, I'm so happy to be doing this in the morning and getting it done and having it done before we leave. So I felt really good about the episode. So when (laughs) I listened back and we sounded like we were literally like recording it at gunpoint, I was like... (laughs) <laughs> uh, this
0: is not okay. No. And you know that it's that we were correct when even our producer was like, yeah, I mean, you guys definitely sound a little low energy. And we we're like, okay, you know what? Fuck this. I'd rather it be 24 hours later than this bullshit. That's how I felt too. Before we get into the episode, the one other thing that I want to say is I know right now we release a regular episode on Mondays, Kardashian on Thursday and Bravo on Friday. We were thinking though, and of course this is all subject to change with the Hulu show, Tell me what you guys think. Obviously, feel free to DM us. We feel like maybe we should switch Bravo to Thursday and Kardashians to Friday because the Bravo shows come out on Sundays and Wednesdays as of right now. So it may just be better. Tell us what you think. I don't know, but that was just something that we had thought of and wanted your guys' feedback on,
1: right? Don't you kind of think that makes more sense? I think it does.
0: Okay. So we're doing both episodes four and five. Neither of them are really standalone episodes. We're not going to go scene by scene, but plenty in each to discuss. And in the first one, one of the major plot lines is Courtney is getting increasingly frustrated with Scott's lack of jealousy. And it kind of starts, she's in this polo lesson, she's on the horse with this guy. And you know because he's teaching her, he's kind of like touching her. And Scott is not reacting. He's right there, but he isn't really saying anything. And Courtney is getting really frustrated that he's not getting jealous, which we'll get more into, but just general kind of top level thoughts. It's so interesting because now I feel like Courtney would look at this and so clearly say, this is such a toxic display of love. Like by no means is jealousy synonymous with caring, but she was kind of so hooked into that cycle at this moment.
1: Right. Like at this point she's seeking out the toxicity because what Scott was actually doing here was like, quote unquote correct. It's not like he wasn't paying attention or it's not like she was taking part of this polo lesson and riding with this instructor who was being maybe a little touchy and he's just not paying any attention at all he was kind of doing the respectful thing and the quote good boyfriend thing by cheering her on taking videos of her showing mason his mom and what she was doing like the fact that there was no jealousy there in terms of like wow i can't believe this guy is like touching my girlfriend like this and i'm never gonna allow this to happen like that was the healthy part of it the way scott was in this moment was exactly as he should be. And the fact that Courtney was seeking out toxicity in their relationship and trying to actually create a problem when there so clearly wasn't one is so telling about their relationship as a whole and how it functioned.
0: Oh, totally. And also not just with them specifically, because even when she's in Dash and she's telling the employees about this, they are so on her page. Actually, everybody that she told was so in agreement with her. And they're saying, you know, yeah, when my boyfriend doesn't get mad, that's when there's an issue. And so she was constantly just being encouraged that she should get angry, which as you see in this episode, if you guys remember last season, she had a fling with that woman, Jackie, and she brings Jackie back and they kind of you know, do this whole setup in the hot tub to get Scott jealous. It ends up turning terribly. He like gets naked, Courtney gets mad, the whole thing is a disaster. But it's really interesting to see how she was going to push it as far as possible because she needed that in order for him to almost like prove his dedication in a way.
1: Right. Going back to something you said a minute ago about the Dash girls, a really funny side plot of every single episode that I'm now just putting together is like, the dash girls having their own really terrible experiences with men clearly. And then like only bringing it up once one of them has an issue and no one paying attention to it. It's like this episode. Yeah. No, if my boyfriend doesn't react and get jealous, like I get so upset the last episode, like, you know, when men apologize, it really is such a big deal. And it's like, are the dash girls? Okay. Julie, it
0: is such a good point. We need to like maybe a group therapy session, maybe once every three episodes just to check in, you know?
1: Yeah, they were clearly like, <laughs> not good. But going back to Courtney and Scott and the whole thing there with her bringing Jackie in and trying to make him jealous, it just, you know, it's one thing for Courtney and their relationship to kind of get upset when there's a lack of that toxicity, as we were saying, that lack of jealousy. It's something, you know, it's one thing for Courtney to maybe get a little upset that she's not getting the reaction out of Scott she wants. But the whole issue in their relationship can literally be boiled down to the fact that Courtney then takes it beyond that, that she then pushes to the point where it it all goes downhill, it all goes to shit. And obviously Scott then shows his example of why they didn't work is because he just doesn't know where the line is either. Well, that's the thing. I
0: mean, it's like really careful what you wish for here because – His immaturity level kind of skyrockets at the exact same time that she's putting on this whole act, you know. Whereas if they both could just operate as they were, things would be totally fine. Right. The other thing, which we really see more of in the next episode, and honestly, we don't even get introduced to this until kind of the end of this episode. But what was also going on with Courtney was that she wasn't feeling that confident in her skin and her body at this current moment. And so, that's another reason, which again, we don't know this in the beginning of the episode. But we definitely see it towards the end and in the next one that she was getting additionally upset because she felt like it was directly correlated to the way that she felt about her body, which so clearly isn't the case. You see at the end, Scott say, like, I've never been more attracted to you than I am watching you raise our son. But clearly it was a lot more internal than really anything to do with what Scott was or wasn't doing.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Scott does do a good job in this episode of really making her feel that way and feel understood. I think in the next episode when she's more outwardly struggling with it, he probably could have stepped in a little more. Not that he was doing anything necessarily wrong, but I think he could have done a little more to really show that. But in this episode, I was really like, I felt like he was telling Courtney not only what she needed to hear in that moment, but genuinely what he felt.
0: Oh, totally. I I actually truly believe that he had never been more in love with her than directly after Mason was born.
1: Right. I mean, listen, we're about to go downhill with Scott, so we can only give him so much credit. But like we've been saying, watching these episodes back, we know we're so close to downhill that we just have to hold on to the good Scott moments and really give credit where credit's due with them.
0: Oh, yeah. We are savoring the good Scott moments is actually exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The second plot line here focuses around Chloe. She's back in LA seeing Lamar and you know obviously she's so happy to be with him, but keep in mind Rob is living with them. And for Lamar, it's like the best thing ever because he was brought up an only child. He always wanted siblings, specifically a brother. So all of a sudden he's living in his dream home with his dream girl and also there's like a built-in buddy that he can play with. It was he was literally like a little kid, I feel like.
1: It totally was to watch Lamar have that brotherly relationship was such an important part of Chloe and Lamar in general. Like, literally, their spinoff show could have been Chloe, Lamar and Rob, and it would have made absolute sense. And to watch Lamar get a brother out of Rob and really embrace that relationship, you were just so happy for both of them for that short period of time until obviously things really went downhill with Lamar. And that's something we talk about often, especially in terms of Rob, where it's like for Rob to have lost that figure in his life was so damaging for him. And obviously, as it should be, the focus is so much on Chloe and the aftermath of that relationship for her. But that was a really traumatic experience for Rob and, and so much of that time period and so much of what Chloe and Lamar went through, Rob was the third character for
0: no absolutely and especially after losing his father which was the other most prominent male figure in his life i really do think that everything that went down with lamar felt like a death and i recognize you know this it was a near death experience but i'm more so talking about just the lack of a relationship which might i add like i would be incredibly curious to know if there is any communication still there between Rob and lamarx i don't think we've ever gotten a direct answer to that
1: i was just about to ask you that and i I I don't know if this is a hot take, but I really wouldn't be surprised if there was some communication there still.
0: I feel weird about this because I don't have a gut feeling, which always makes me feel unsettled, but I literally don't know. Like if you had two people, one on my right, one on my left, and they were both giving me convincing arguments, I think I could be swayed one way or another. I really don't
1: know. So let me just tell you what my thought process is here is that I think that there was a period of time, obviously, where Rob and Lamar didn't speak. I think Rob was hurt both for Chloe and for himself, because I think Rob really considered himself to be such a central figure for Lamar. And I think, of course, there's that element of betrayal that Rob felt as well in terms of like, how are you going to do this to my sister? But how are you going to do this to me? How am I not enough of a brotherly figure for you? to prevent all of this from happening. Obviously, you can't think logically like that because it's just, you know, when you're somebody who goes through something like this, it's not about the people around you, it's just about yourself, okay? But I do think that having Lamar had gone through that near-death experience, I think Lamar maybe being out on the other side of it now and seemingly in good health and, you know, always saying really positive things about the family, I could see Rob kind of seeking out that relationship. Again, I could see them seeking out each other, you know, both mutually Lamar kind of as a way to have a connection to the family and to reignite a relationship that was so close to them and Rob to kind of have somebody that's like, I saw you at your worst. You kind of saw me at the beginning of my worst. Like let's Let's be that person for each other now that we both feel like maybe we're on the other side of it. And I could so see that relationship existing, maybe not in its full form, but a call every so often, a text exchange every so often, just a check-in at the very least, I would not be surprised about it all.
0: You know, like I said, that was a really convincing argument. You were the person on my right. I was nodding along the entire time. And to add on to that, it would be really different if Lamar was the ex of any of the other siblings, specifically Courtney but I think him being Chloe's ex, the likelihood is significantly higher that he could maintain a relationship and it wouldn't cause any issues. Like If he wanted that, even if, like you said, it was you know kind of infrequent, I think Chloe would be more than happy to accept that and probably honestly encouraging of it.
1: My other reason that I think it would be possible, which isn't as kind of a reason, but I still think has some validity to it, is that A conversation, again, that we have often within the Kardashian family is that real ability to forgive and specifically forgive the men in their lives. And something that Rob always exhibited, in my opinion, was the combination of that and men not holding men accountable. That was something that Rob always, I felt- really exhibited in terms of his own behavior. So I could see him reigniting a friendship with Lamar or holding on to a friendship with Lamar for the sole purpose of just the ability to forgive and move on and not hold as much accountability as you would want from your brother. Again, that's an assumption or like, I can't say that that's based in an overwhelming amount of facts, but it is just a vibe I get.
0: And again, I think that that's like a very, very fair point. I really do. That's what I'm saying. I'm, the more you're talking, the more I'm feeling a little bit more convinced, but who knows? I mean, when you watch these episodes, like what, what really went down in this particular episode is that Chloe and Lamar are kind of at odds here because Chloe feels that there's no boundaries with Rob. Lamar is kind of giving into that because he's definitely not creating boundaries. He loves Rob being there constantly. And so it was kind of one of their first marital issues because Chloe's like, we need to have a united front. It was almost as if they were dealing with their child, you know? And it all really comes to a head when they come back from dinner and Rob is in their room with the woman. They're not hooking up or anything, but they're hanging out in Chloe's bedroom. There's like a huge fit. She yells at Rob. She yells to get the woman out, this whole thing. And I wanted to pinpoint this one line. One of the things she says in her confessional is, this girl could take a picture in our bed and say she's sleeping with Lamar. Which the reason I say that is because to me, that was a very clear acknowledgement of like, okay, we recognize our place in fame right now. Whereas two seasons ago, I don't think that they're thinking that headlines are going to run like that about their family. Whereas now they recognize their media targets. She's married to a very famous Lakers player.
1: And the likelihood of that is honestly high. Right. I think that was such a fair point. It was it kind of took me back hearing her say that and I couldn't tell whether it took me back because it felt like a lot of foreshadowing not purposeful in my opinion, but definitely foreshadowing or if it took me back because it was that acknowledgement of like, wow, we've gotten to a level of fame where people will actually seek out the ability to damage and hurt us and that was surprising that switch was surprising and obviously we so recognize that now and you know, Had they said it in 2020, 2021, we wouldn't even bat an eye at that because it's so true. You never know what could happen. You would never want a stranger in someone's bedroom like that, you know, for the possibility of what could happen. Back then, I don't think that we thought that way about them and to hear them really think about themselves in that way for almost the first time kind of was just such an interesting switch, especially for Chloe, who obviously viewed herself as kind of different than the rest of the family or specifically different than Kim.
0: Right. It wasn't like Kim was saying that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that struck me. And also, this is such a side note, but you know what it made me think of? I don't think you're going to guess it, but you want to try?
1: You're giving me like no clues. Okay. So I'm Uh, just going to let you explain it and then give like a resounding, oh my God, yes, once you're done.
0: Okay. So when she said that, I thought back to when Tana Mojo was first hooking up with Jake Paul, way before they ever actually started dating, way before the fake wedding and all of that. And the way that fans found out about it was that she had posted either an Insta story or a Snapchat in his bed, and it was like a selfie, but in the very very top corner you could see his headboard, and people found out immediately. And honestly, I think Tana is the most honest in terms of like she'll do anything for Cloud, So I think she would have said if she did that purposely thinking that people would have picked up on it. I genuinely think she didn't think that like a quarter of an inch of a headboard was recognizable, but that was the first thing I thought of when I saw that line. Do you remember that?
1: I do remember that. And if I had gotten that out of context with no clues and had said that to you, I want you to send me away somewhere.
0: Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Anything else from this episode, really?
1: I think that was it.
0: Yeah, I mean... It was honestly the real thing to me here, nothing to do with Rob. It was a lot more just about watching Chloe and Lamar tackle this together because, like I said, it was really one of their first marital issues. As we talked about, they were been in the honeymoon phase this entire time and they still are. But this was something where Chloe was not backing down and she needed Lamar to kind of side with her and, like, you know, like I said, come up with a united front, which she ended up kind of doing.
1: I'm happy that you mentioned how just the Chloe and Lamar element taking Rob out for a second because you know, you have the scene where they're in the bathtub and that, that image was everywhere. The one of her putting bubbles on his head and then they're in the closet and towels and they're kissing and he's so sweetly like kissing her shoulder and just watching them, you know, I remember how much fun they had together and I always remember how much I loved them as a couple, especially in the very early days. I kind of sometimes forget just like that raw magnetic sexual energy between the two of them because we don't often see that with Chloe anymore.
0: We really don't. And it's so true. That bathtub scene is etched in my mind forever. I mean, there's that whole conversation of like, was Chloe significantly more affectionate with Lamar? Did we just see more of it because as the years went on and she got more burned, she was less willing to be that affectionate on camera? Or were her- you know, relationships after Lamar just different. Did she change? Like, there's so many different things which we don't necessarily have the answers to. But yes, I have yet to witness Chloe have this magnetic of an attraction with somebody she's with. Again, that's just in terms of what she put out there. I'm not saying it didn't exist.
1: I think it's all of the above. Again, this is a conversation that we were having last week or a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about just the. Courtney and Travis and the way they are with each other and how all we want is for Chloe specifically to have that level of love and that level of comfort with another person.
0: Oh, of course. And I I don't know. It's it's really hard now cuz like obviously hindsight is 2020 20, and so for us to say, you know, she never fully had that with Tristan. I don't know. That's not fair to say. I will just say that we never witnessed it in the way we witnessed it with Lamar, but I personally feel I don't know if she was not like that in her relationships. I really think it had a lot to do with not wanting to put that on the show in the way that she did. You may disagree though and like think that it's hard to turn it off for the camera. I just feel like not that she was not real on camera. I think she was always real on camera. I just think she was a little bit less willing to put her relationships out there in the same way.
1: I think that's possible. I mean, listen, I, for me, I think it's so much more about the internal switch that she had and the fact that she just changed. And the cameras were kind of a byproduct of that. And maybe they were given more thought than she would have given in the past. But again, that just kind of goes into the whole fact that internally and mentally, there was a switch that changed. But I don't think you're necessarily wrong about the cameras. I think it all plays into each other. But yeah, I I think it's so much more about just the natural guard she put up for herself after that relationship.
0: And also, by the way, you know, the age thing factors into it. Like, I don't know if this would be classified as young love. She was obviously in her twenties. It wasn't like she was a teenager, but in a lot of ways she operated as if she was, you know, a high school couple, like dating the quarterback is kind of the vibe. And so I do think that just the maturity and also as their lives got more complicated, things were just in some ways more blissful, but in a lot of ways less blissful because relationships came with so much more baggage in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, she is so young here. Like, yeah, she's in her twenties, but again, like, you and I sitting here in our 20s that's fucking young to me to be married at this age is young and for them it was just like there wasn't a care in the world like their biggest logistical thing that they were figuring out at this time was being apart for five days remember she says that in the beginning she's so upset about having to be apart from him and then she lays it all out for us and she's like well I actually figured out the longest I have to be apart from Lamar is five days and we were like what are you so concerned about then? Like there was no worries. All they were is young and in love and Lamar had his career and she had the show and her career and they didn't have stressors at this time, especially the early, early days. And all they had to do was just be young and in love together. And that showed so much. Obviously, as Chloe got older and she had different factors to deal with, not just like in terms of being hurt by relationships, just life. The way she's going to act is obviously going to be different. I just think that you saw Chloe in just the rawest, truest form of her young self here. Totally,
0: totally. Totally, She was really not concerned with, this is, this is a huge thing. She was not concerned with how stupid she could potentially look. You know what I mean? She was operating so in the moment. She was really living in the present. And I know that it's something she's spoken about recently striving to do, but I think naturally based on everything that has happened to her in combination with the level of fame that they've reached, sometimes living in the present and not thinking about things in terms of potential consequences and like a potential PR nightmare is really difficult. Right now, even though she was recognizing the level of fame they were growing to, aka the comment she made about the girl in the bed, like it still had a real sense of being in the moment.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. Get warm, rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash CBC. So, the next episode, two major plot lines. The first is Chloe is now back in Miami. She's kind of miserable for two reasons. One, leaving Lamar. And second of all, Courtney hasn't been in the best mood recently and Chloe's really there to kind of help her. But do you think a fair thing to say is that Courtney wasn't necessarily the most welcoming or grateful presence at the moment?
1: I would say that's pretty fair. Yeah.
0: And then the second plot line is that Courtney is doing this life and style photo shoot. And you know she had just given birth to Mason and really most of the episode focuses around how she does not feel comfortable in her own body. And she's kind of getting relatively obsessive. I honestly should probably put a trigger warning here just for eating disorders or overexercising because it was kind of bordering that in terms of her approach here. And you know, there's so much to dissect here. Obviously, I know we both probably have a lot of thoughts, but the first thing I want to say is that clearly she just had a child, right? And so we're sitting here saying like, that is the most miraculous thing your body can ever do. And who is focusing on the five pounds you may have gained in your stomach. However, it just goes to show like, it doesn't matter what anybody around you is saying or other people's perception because it's solely what goes on in your mind. And when she's looking in the mirror, she is not happy and she can't see it in a greater context. She's not looking at it as though I literally just birthed a child out of me and gave somebody the gift of life. And just to watch her kind of torture herself, I found to be really difficult.
1: Yeah, it was really difficult. And it was a combination of two things. I think so much of it was internal in terms of, and I'm sure there are so many women who have gone through this and continue to go through this, which is just looking at your body and noticing that difference. And whether it's from a baby or something else, and just saying like, wow, I can see my body is different. And that's a really hard thing to adjust to. And, you know, to focus on that instead of like, wow, my body just went through something so miraculous. And like, what an amazing thing that my body was able to do this. I think that it's natural a lot of the times, unfortunately, to really focus on the negative aspects that has happened. And a lot of people do really struggle with that. So I think that was one example. I think the second thing that was going on, which could have been equally as draining for her is the fact that she did have this shoot coming up and she knows how people are going to react to her. She's seen the way people have reacted to other celebrities at this time to other members of her family at this time. And I think she really knew and was really focused on the fact like, if I don't look how I want to look for this shoot, people are not going to be kind about it. And as unkind as I'm being to myself right now, I also can't deal with external factors like that right now either.
0: Well, no, I mean, that's the thing as much as like I said, we sit here and we can very clearly recognize how disordered this behavior was. She wasn't wrong in the sense that people were this vicious, especially at this time. And so if she got on the cover and her body looked obviously a little bit different because it naturally did, she just had a child, she's right. Could you imagine the headlines? Like That is a real thing that would happen. And so yes, she was not fully based in reality, based on her perception of herself. However, she was pretty based in reality in terms of the potential negative backlash.
1: Right. And we were talking in that last episode about how when Courtney was struggling with the fact that she was getting a more family focused car rather than a sports car, we were saying like, wow, that's kind of the first and only time that we really saw Courtney struggle with the idea of this new life as a mom, quote unquote. Like it was the only time where we saw her kind of question, what is her life like now? Because she always seemed from the moment Mason was born that like, this was just her calling. And after that car thing and the wanting to God thing, we both said, you know, it, it didn't really happen again after that. But I think the struggles with her body and the coming to terms with that was a separate plot to that. That was like, wow, she's found her calling. She's so thrilled to be a mom She's still struggling with the things that come along with that in a separate sense. So you kind of saw her going through that this week, which was a little bit different than the struggle she was going through previously, but kind of all connected.
0: Absolutely. And also, you know, I have to say, I don't know if this will resonate with you or anybody listening, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain it that well, but clearly the Kardashians are very focused on vanity. And I don't say that negatively. I think it's just an objective fact. But I feel like with Courtney specifically as compared to the rest of them, a lot of the things that she does in terms of the her commitment to you know health and what she puts in her body, to me it has always come across as less vanity focused or like that isn't the sole intention because she's always been like this when it came to just healthy eating and caring about the products and organic and all of those types of things. And I don't know if that's fair to say. I'm not saying she doesn't care about the vanity aspect and that there is no superficiality This Courtney is like so far from how I would ever envision her to operate now. Whereas honestly, I could see a lot of the other ones, unfortunately, still talking to themselves in this way before shoot. Whereas for some reason in my mind, I feel like Courtney has graduated from that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. It does feel different with Courtney. I don't know if that's a hot take and people will disagree because you can't ignore the conversations that people have. In regard to all of the Kardashians in terms of the body standards and, you know, the unrealistic expectations that they've set out and the fact that, you know, sometimes they're not overly clear with the fact that they have chefs and trainers and nutritionists and people just kind of round the clock dedicated to that part of their lives in terms of their fitness and their health and even their weight loss. But it has always felt a little bit different with Courtney, maybe because it's felt a little bit more transparent as well, where it's like, this is what I'm putting in my body. These are my recipes. This is how often I'm working out. This is who I'm working out with. Like it does sometimes feel a little bit different. And also it does feel more, you know, health focused rather than weight focused. And you know, that was one of the big things also with her dating Travis is. As a result of Travis's near-death experience with the plane crash, he also is really focused on his health and what goes into his body and making sure that he is living his absolute healthiest life. So when they got together, I saw so many people saying like, wow, this makes so much sense just from a lifestyle perspective.
0: Right, which is something that is so important to Courtney and something that she... I think has voiced a lot of frustration with not just in romantic partners but also with family members like she really wants everyone around her to try to and maybe to a fault you know to try to adopt some of the quote healthy practices or quote organic practices that she does. Think about watching Addison's vlog for example with Harry Hudson like she brings these people in and then she gets them on her health kick and so I totally think that there's a lot of legitimacy to the Travis element of like how that is more important to her than it is to maybe your average person.
1: Right. It is. It's an interesting conversation. I don't know if everyone will agree with the Courtney element of what we're saying, but I do think there's absolutely an argument to be made for it.
0: I also have to say on a more personal note for a second that when I was watching this episode, I felt like like my therapy really worked because I have been, I clearly have never had a child, but I have been in that position of just obsessively looking at yourself in the mirror, grabbing those last three pounds of fat, working out twice a day on an empty stomach, you know, just being so focused in a way that I think is not really healthy at all. And I was able to watch this episode and both put myself in her shoes in the sense that I can really relate, and then also recognize at the same time kind of how removed I now am from that thinking. And It really felt good because, you know, I don't want to use the word triggered lightly, but I do think that me watching this maybe four years ago probably would have been a little bit triggered, honestly. And I felt as though I was watching it and it was completely separate from me, even though I could relate. And that was a really good feeling and something that I am very grateful to my therapist for, I have to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Like, that really is incredible. And I'm sure that a lot of people had a lot of different feelings watching this episode because it was triggering to watch Courtney kind of go through that partly because you can put yourself in her shoes or you want to avoid putting yourself in her shoes and also because you kind of want to just grab her and say like are are you out of your mind.
0: Well, I really wanted to touch on this line from Chloe. They're looking in the mirror and Courtney's like, you know, grabbing at every little inch of her fat. And Chloe in her confessional, again, not in the moment, but in her confessional, she says, I have my own issues with my body and how I have to psych myself up every day to even stand around my sisters. And now I'm having maybe the skinniest sister, Courtney, looking in the mirror, telling me I'm so fat, which is really interesting. One, because it's one of the only times we hear Chloe, at least this early on, talk about that. She in more recent years has said that it's been a source of insecurity, but she never really spoke about it in that way in the earlier seasons. First of all, second of all, and this is obvious now, I would have never thought this watching it the first time. The entire discourse here is like very fat phobic in nature, right? Because like the idea of being, quote, fat is the worst thing ever. It's a thing that they're dreading more than anything. And like it just is running rampant through this entire conversation, conversation for another day, but I just do want to acknowledge that. And then third of all, it feeds into a conversation that. You know, we talk about all the time in terms of like limiting or not limiting what you say about yourself, even if it's entirely negative self talk based on who is around you and how that can actually be really triggering to the people around you. Again, their sisters, it was different. I'm not calling them out, but I'm just saying what was happening to Chloe here is very similar to that concept we talk about a lot of like, okay, she's saying that about herself. How do you think I feel? And again, Chloe didn't make it about herself, but in her mind, she clearly was.
1: Right. That's an amazing point. The thing with Chloe here is that I was happy she didn't say it to Courtney because I think that when you're somebody and you're struggling with your own body image, the comparison to other people, it just, it doesn't do it. It doesn't work for somebody to say, well, look at what I look like. It doesn't matter. It's so internal. And it's like, I can understand, you know, the want to do that and the desire to say like, Well, look how you look in comparison to how I look. Like, don't you feel so good about yourself? And what that does is two things. A, you're bringing yourself down by trying to point out like looking, quote, worse when you don't. You just have a different body. And B, when you're struggling and it's all about you, that other person doesn't exist. It's not about them. So I was happy for Chloe to be able to express that frustration because I think it was important for her to say that and and really be able to come to terms with those words and talk about the way that that felt and let people know that that was something that did upset her, but be able to do it in a way that didn't take away from what Courtney was struggling with in the moment because it was a struggle for her.
0: Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The comparison thing, if
1: you're Courtney, I don't care
0: who is telling you how great you look. It just doesn't matter. And especially, like you said, with the comparison argument. And on top of that, I know this isn't really the point of what you were saying, but- I feel like this is an example where having the confessionals is actually so therapeutic for them. Like, I don't know if Chloe would have necessarily thought about that moment when Courtney said that when they were looking in the mirror and would have voiced how it made her feel. She definitely wasn't gonna say it to Courtney. I don't think she was gonna you know, say it to Lamar or Scott or call up Chris. And so I think that that was probably cathartic for her.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of their confessionals are con- are cathartic for them. I mean, it depends. It's It's kind of twofold because- Sometimes it's like they have to relive something that they don't want to relive. And then other times they can process feelings. And although it's kind of a short snippet, they can process feelings that maybe they wouldn't have unless they were looking back on those moments and giving their in the moment raw thoughts on it. So yeah, I totally think that it was cathartic for Chloe to be able to do and for her to be able to express that was probably really important to her in the moment.
0: Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A U R A Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Completely. And, you know, this part of the episode kind of concludes with. Courtney passing out. She's running on an empty stomach. She passes out. She gets in the ambulance. She only ended up needing an IV drip, but it was definitely a harsh realization for her and almost a blessing in disguise because it kind of got her to snap out of it and just realize that the way she was going about this was completely flawed. But the side plot to this was that while Courtney was getting ready for the shoot and just really in general, Chloe was helping to take care of the store and you know she was monitoring all of the Dash employees. And after the week, she decides to take them all out to kind of say, thank you. Courtney gets back, she finds this out and she's livid because as we know with a few episodes ago with the Scott thing, she really wants to keep business and pleasure separate. And Chloe kind of has it because she's like, what do you want from me? I worked at the store while you were gone. I was just trying to give the girls a night to celebrate. Like, this is ridiculous. And she ends up kind of storming off. The episode ends with her at the airport, but the real you know, depth of this is that it highlights how their relationship is just inherently different now that Courtney is a mom and the priorities are different and Chloe's married. And watching Courtney grapple with that with Scott, even though we know how it ends and everything's fine,
1: it was honestly sad. I think it's sad because and I don't think that this was happening here, but it is sad because you're kind of slowly watching their relationship change. And we're obviously watching it in retrospect of being like, wow. The relationship that we know about Courtney and Chloe now is so different than what it was. And we really loved that dynamic and loved that relationship so much. And it was such an important part of the show and the early life of the show that to see it be different now is so heartbreaking. And to watch it in the moment kind of have that switch of like, our lives are just different now and therefore our relationship is going to be different was sad to watch.
0: It was. And obviously, you know, there are so many... Blessings in all of this. Like, Chloe's married to a guy that she's madly in love with. Courtney just brought a child into this world. Like, we can recognize that, but I still think, in general, not just the Kardashians across the board, you know, as you get older and life gets more complicated, it is a little bit sad. It always is. I mean, we've experienced that just within our own families with our friends. You know, things aren't as easy or as seamless as they used to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those changes are so inevitable and so important and so great in so many ways, but they don't come without some other effects and some other side effects. And obviously Courtney and Chloe end up working out their issues here. It's not like this one fight led to something terrible in the long run. It's just such a stark understanding of like, wow, our lives compared to a year ago are completely, completely different. Completely. So true.
0: I mean, we see, you know, Kim ends up coming in this next episode, which I'm sure Courtney feels like. I didn't know what I had till it's gone because I think if she's choosing between the two of them at this moment, it's Chloe any day of the week. But I like this. I feel we are really in the right era of Kardashians and I'm having a very good time.
1: Except don't forget that Kim being there means that we're getting very close to the bad Scott episode. And I'm not excited for that because I do believe that it's Kim that takes Mason out of the room.
0: I, I didn't forget. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just trying to, I, I think I just have blinders on, you know, I'm trying to operate like it's not there.
1: I hope the Hulu show is like on immediate release and comes out before we ever have to do this episode where Scott punches the mirror.
0: That's my dream. Can we talk
1: to someone? <laughs> yes, but oh, can we talk about the fact that they started filming just real quickly?
0: Yeah, it's happening. Did you see, by the way, Kylie and Chris filming in the supermarket? We didn't even talk about that.
1: Yeah, I looks like some sort of subplot gag thing going on to me.
0: I know, but I'm just saying huge sign here.
1: Kylie is on an episode. Never thought I'd see the day. Never thought I'd see the day. I'm so, so interested how they're going to make this different because it seems like it's going to be the exact same in terms of just the dynamic of like a day-to-day reality show filming, but there obviously has to be something that's going to separate it and set it apart. And obviously it's something that is different enough that Kylie feels like her involvement is warranted. So I am so interested to see.
0: I really, I really can't wait. Same. Anything else you would like to mention?
1: No, but boy, am I glad we redid this episode. No, we had
0: to. I'm sorry. I know it's a day late, but I, we couldn't put that other one out. I just did not feel right about it. And <laughs> even though the, I honestly like not to be dramatic, Julie, I got home and my dad and I looked at each other and we were like, wow, the house feels so empty because the last time we were here, like you and isabel were here and there was just so much going on and we were leaving for the airport and there's all that anticipation and now I'm just here without you and I miss you. I can come back. I know, can you? Yep. Don't no.
1: don't tell me it was a good time.
0: I'm gonna come into the city um in like two days. Okay, I cannot wait. <laughs> Okay, well, we love you guys so much. Isabel and I will see you tomorrow and we'll be back on our normal schedule next week. So thank you guys. We love you. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be. Meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby and their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost you can think of it as like a modern effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target and Select CVS near you.